Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick up by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. That's right. That's Tom. I'm Mike. Uh, joining us in studio is Eric, and uh, we're also streaming live on Facebook right now. So if you want to see our beautiful faces Hidden uh, by while listening to this, yeah, uh, Facebook Live does save them as posts later on, so you guys can check us out and what we look like. Don't do not do that. Yeah. Oh, we can't acknowledge the camera. No, we can't. We can't acknowledge that it's there. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know we're being filmed. Um, it's a secret. Yeah. Unlike the time that we recorded the After Dark episode, and David kept shooting his eyes to the camera like every thirty seconds, and Tom uh, blatantly looked right at it when I said we were recording to see <laughs> if it had fallen over yet. To see if it was really there. Um, at some point, we're all going to look over there to see if it's fallen over. Yeah, probably. And it probably will. My, my money's <laughs> on it on it falling over during the broadcast. Um, so, all right, jumping right into it uh, today, we have NCAA football, NFL, MLB playoff preview, and NHL season preview. Ooh. Hockey is coming back, folks. Yep. Uh, we're going to start off with the NCAA football. Um, big shocker of the weekend for me, uh, Washington State upsetting USC 30-27. to Yeah, um... We would have picked that game if I had known it was on Friday. Well, if you pay attention to what I say to you, uh, I don't. You would have you would have known that. Um, you gotta say the word Friday first. Oh, okay. Because it's your favorite Rebecca Black song. Yeah, got it. Um, Luke Falk, uh, thirty-four of fifty-one, three hundred forty yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Sam Darnold for USC, fifteen of twenty-nine, one hundred sixty-four and an interception. Uh, terrible, terrible game for him. And I know a lot of people were looking at him as the Heisman front runner coming into the season. I'm sorry, am I boring you? Yeah. <laughs> Tom just let out this long 30-second yawn. Uh, hey, you wake me up at 9 o'clock and expect uh, me to be Mr. Peppy Chipper Happy-Go-Lucky Sports Guy. That is none of what I expect from you. That's good, because you should never. Um... <laughs> Sam Darnold has looked uh, quite pedestrian uh, this season so far. Uh, I know he he was a front runner for the Heisman for a little while. Um, I think it's uh, Barkley now for Penn State. Yeah. Um, Charles. Yes. Okay. Cool. Sanquan Barkley, the Penn State running back, uh, he had a hundred and seven yards and a touchdown in their win over Indiana. Uh, they came out on top, forty-five to fourteen. Did he not also have a 
kickoff return for a touchdown? Yes, he yeah. did have a kickoff return for a touchdown as well. Impressive. Um, 98 he, yards, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, he's... My microphone keeps falling down. <laughs> Michael's mic is falling uh, down, falling down. <coughs> somebody needs to be on mic watch. It keeps twisting to the side, and unfortunately that's not a thing that has an adjustability. Right. Huh. All right, well. Can't tighten it up. Just have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, uh, Penn State in the driver's seat in the Big Ten, uh, and uh, looking good in the national picture, too. Uh, I said it last week, I really do like this team, and as long as Barkley is carrying the ball, I think they're going to be a very, very strong team. Uh, McSorley is a very solid quarterback for them, too. Uh, not too many mistakes from him. So... Um, Alabama rolled over Ole Miss 66 to three, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, 197 passing yards, two touchdowns, 101 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's never going to, uh, throw for 300 yards. No, probably not. Um, but he's, he's perfect in that offense, the way they want to run the ball, uh, as often as they do right down everybody's throat. Right. Uh, um. Clemson defeated Virginia Tech 31 to 17. Uh, Kelly Bryant 12 of 21, 186 yards and a touchdown, and 94 rushing yards too. Um, Clemson is looking just as good as they did last year. Yeah, uh, they. I know when you lose a player like Deshaun Watson, you know you're not going to be held to the same standard you were last year. But the way the way Kelly Bryant has been playing, maybe they should. Yeah, uh, they've, they've said all along that he's a stronger runner than Deshaun Watson. Right. Which is saying something because that was a big part of Watson's game. Yeah. Not well, and not that he was a runner, but he was mobile. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's going to get pigeonholed as the uh, the running quarterback, the Cam Newton type guy who will, you know, pull it down when there's no open receivers. Well, maybe until people look at what he did yesterday. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, we'll we'll do that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, Georgia forty-one, Tennessee nothing. Yeah. Uh, Everybody should have seen this one coming. Yeah. Um, Georgia is trying to get themselves up into the playoff talk. Yeah, uh, they're doing a very good job. <laughs> um, and Georgia, all, go ahead. All, all, all along, that's that's making Notre Dame's one loss look even better. Yes. Yeah, The uh, Georgia, keep doing this because you're going to make our Irish look fantastic for that one-point loss. Um, the uh, The Georgia running attack, 294 yards. Uh, 109 of that came from uh, Chubb. Uh. <laughs> uh, Auburn defeated Mississippi State 49 to 10. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, uh, 13 to 16, 264 and two touchdowns. Carry uh, on Johnson, 23 carries, 116 yards, and uh, I believe three touchdowns in that. Um, Notre Dame 52, Miami of Ohio 17. Uh, Josh Adams, eight carries, 159 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, and some sort of knee injury. Yes, and a knee injury. So that's a big thing for the Irish, uh, something to keep an eye on there. Um, Brandon Wimbush started the game terribly. I believe he was one for his first seven uh, and ended seven of 18 for 119 and three passing touchdowns. He's never going to throw for 300 yards. No, uh, but just a very rough start to that, and luckily the uh, the run game was there to back him up and – take some and of the pressure off as yeah well yes that, uh, that backup quarterback they have though they gave him a hefty dose of playing time yesterday or on saturday oh yeah um can oh. I, yeah um 
Troy, in the biggest upset of the weekend, beat LSU 24-21. to uh, Jordan Chun, 30 carries, 191 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, pretty surprising loss for LSU as they were at home. What were they ranked? 25. 20, all right, so maybe Troy moves a little closer to being ranked for the first time since ever? Uh, not sure. I don't ever recall them being ranked. I, I don't know that one game pushes them into that conversation. Uh, if they were already close, you know. Yeah. Um, so the AP Top 25, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Penn State, Georgia as the top five. Uh, the next five um, – Washington, Michigan, TCU, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Uh, Notables, USC drops all the way to 14. Uh, Oklahoma State, 15. Louisville sits around 17. Uh, Notre Dame only moved up one spot to 21. And UCF entered the rankings at number 25. Um, I mean, when you're you're playing a MAC school, you kind of get a little less recognition for tearing them to shreds. Right, right. I, I get that, but even still, uh, Miami of Ohio was one of the better MAC schools. They're in contention for the MAC championship this year, and yeah, um, they the that loss did drop them to two and three. Uh, not sure what their conference play is yet. Uh, if they if the MAC has even started, I think they've got the bulk of their conference schedule coming up in the next few weeks. Um, looking ahead, um, if this thing wants to work. It doesn't. I'm sorry. We're not looking ahead. All right. Let's look back. We blew it, everyone. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, move on to the NFL. On Thursday night, uh, the Packers beat the Bears 35-14. to uh, Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 49 rushing yards and a touchdown. Jordy Nelson, two receiving touchdowns. And the Packers, about 19 more injuries. Yeah, um, including seven of their four running backs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ty Montgomery down with the rib injury, uh, Jamal Williams down with a leg injury, uh, which gave way to Aaron Jones as the feature back on Thursday night. Uh, Devontae Adams took a vicious hit from uh, Danny Trevathan, who has been suspended two games uh, for the hit that knocked Adams out of the game. Um, He went motionless, and players immediately called for help. Uh, Very devastating hit. Uh, I don't recommend looking it up online if you don't like that kind of thing or if that kind of thing makes you uncomfortable because it was pretty vicious crown of the helmet right to the face mask you know what makes me uncomfortable is the fact that they're still showing those things again and again and again on replays on the broadcast jiminy jillikers (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry now let's look at it in ultra hd 4k extra slow motion you can actually see the moment he loses consciousness right here folks look at the life leave his eyes that is essentially what we got from jim nance um here it is here it is lights on lights on lights off boom lights off (laughs) and then also from jim nance we got a couple of mm, mm, mm. yeah um yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, Jim I can, Nance. I can make those noises. Uh, How come I'm not a famous sports commentator? Because you didn't go to school for broadcasting. You don't have a... I didn't learn the specific... Mm, mm, right. There's a time and a place for each group. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Packers opened up the game with a center and four guards on the offensive line. That's not the correct... Uh, people yeah but that's how depleted their offensive line is right now they had to start guards at the tackle spots well uh maybe don't get hurt yeah i wish 
I really, really wish. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Bears turned it over four times, all four attributed to Mike Glennon. Um, two fumbles, two interceptions. The one fumble, uh, the center didn't snap it when Glennon called for it. He tried to call for it again, and as he did, the center snapped it. And Glennon, with the leg kick, wound up basically punting the ball into the Packers' defensive lineman. To be fair, uh, that's on the center. It is. No, it definitely it's, it's is. The center's but fumble. it's attributed to Mike Glennon in the in the stat sheet. That that was definitely on the center for not paying attention yeah. to the snap count. Um, but yeah, just bad day for Glennon. And so now a lot of people are saying, is this a time to move to Mitchell Trubisky? They do have. They don't play until Monday. Right. So they have the extended day. They have eleven days between games. Um, so they could easily install him in, in that time. I haven't heard anything from the Bears' uh, practice facility that they've done that, but I also haven't really been looking. Yeah, I um, I don't know that this is the time to do it. Um, yeah, you drafted Mitchell Trubisky number two overall, but do you really want your number two overall pick out there taking the pounding that Mike Glennon is taking right now? Uh, I think he might be able to get rid of the ball a little faster. <laughs> Possibly, um, but Look, a lot of a lot of Glennon holding the ball is who's he supposed to throw it to right now? I think at this point you 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 call the season a wash, um, which is a lot later than most seasons for the Bears. They're one and three on the year. Um, you call it a wash. You install Trubisky. You get some uh, some light play action going, and if he doesn't see anything in his first look across the field, throw it away. Yeah, I mean that's I don't know that's. One way to do it, I don't necessarily like it. When you look at the other rookie quarterbacks who have been given the whole playbook, um, well, I mean, even Deshaun Kaiser's gotten the whole playbook, to, and they have fewer weapons than the Bears do. Well, that's that's true, but Kaiser went in and won the starting job out of training camp. So you know, if you're going to give the starting job to somebody who hasn't got the whole playbook memorized or at least knows it well. Um, then you're picking the wrong guy to be your starter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's time right now. So, hey, finally we disagree on something. Um, I say wait for the actual bye week. I say uh, at least get him some starting team reps. Get him in with the starting team in practice. Yeah. Which, let I mean, him, I'm... Let him learn what their preferences are, what they do on the field. And then when the time comes, maybe it's Monday... If he learns quickly, maybe it's you know three weeks from now. Maybe it's after the bye week. Maybe it's towards the end of the season when all hope is is lost. But I think he needs to get in there this year yeah. at some point. Uh, yeah, I I and I do agree with that. But like I said, I I I'd rather they wait till the actual bye week when uh, to do it. Um, uh, week nine or something. You know, I always say that because I drafted like seven running backs with a bye week of week nine, and I think there's. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me pull that up right now. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I think when you, you do have the 11 days, so I get doing it now. Um, their bye week is week nine. I knew it. Um, I think everyone's bye week is week nine. But so you do it now and you're going into a game against Minnesota. Uh, as you said, it is the Monday night football matchup. Um, if you do it at the bye week, you're doing it coming home from New Orleans, uh, coming into a home game with Green Bay at 1 p.m. on, on a Sunday. So the question is, which defense would you prefer him to face first? Right. And actually, I, I, I gotta say, I would prefer to face the Packers' defense. Yeah, neither has been I, lights out this year. I but. know, I know, facing the Packers' offense isn't something that the team wants to do again. 
but at least it'll be a home game and uh i mean that would be the better team to have him come in against yeah i mean look uh looking at their upcoming schedule you got minnesota at whoa having all sorts of problems here guys now you've really done it i screwed everything <laughs> up you have to take your hat off or turn it around well, Thug life, baby you know it um after the Minnesota game, they're at Baltimore at home against Carolina. Get closer to your mic. Mike. At home against Carolina. He's good. And at New Orleans. Um, so, you know, Carolina, who's kind of stepped it up a little bit recently, too. Uh, New Orleans defense is tightened up. There's no good time to throw a rookie quarterback in, but I like it coming off the bye better than coming off the 11-day rest. Yeah, I mean, they'll have a slightly better chance to win against the Vikings, although the Vikings play has been up and down yeah once they get bradford back i think it'll be largely positive yeah. uh they were very strong defensively yesterday uh, we'll get to that game a little bit later um right now uh the london game uh new orleans 20 miami nothing we continue to ship the worst kind of football over to london yes uh, yes we do nearly had a scoreless first half a lot of a lot of the complaints uh i saw Online were too many flags in this game. I'm not sure what the final count was on penalties, and I'm not too interested in looking it up. Well, yeah, they had they had two flags because the, you know the teams were American, but the but they were in London, so they put turn the, your microphone the second, turn your microphone off up, and go home. So they had two flags. <laughs> turn it off and go home. I I, I am home. <laughs> uh, God damn it! They had twice as many flags as any other game. Oh. The Saints had eight penalties for 71 yards, and the Dolphins had 11 penalties for 90 yards. Oh, there you go. Yeah, a lot of the complaints I was seeing online were about the number of flags being thrown. Uh, I guess a lot of them came in a in one series. Uh, Drew Brees finished 29 of 41 for 268 yards and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas had eight receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the New Orleans defense has been pretty solid over the last two weeks after a very rough start. Um, and they are very much alive in a very average NFC South. Yeah. Um, with with the Panthers leading the way at a shocking 3-1, and one, Yeah. Well, by the way. I mean, how? N- number one, how? Number two, their only loss came last week to the Saints. Right. In what can only be described as a hideous game. Yeah. It, yeah, it was rough. Um, the uh, Panthers at 3-1, and one, Falcons at 3-1, and one, Bucks at 2-1, and one, uh Saints at two and two, the only division in football where every team has positive net points. That's because it's the only division in football that's got uh, four stellar quarterbacks, four above average quarterbacks. Well, I think there are other divisions with four above average quarterbacks. I was trying to put them a little bit above those guys. A little bit, maybe. Um, the uh, well. The Falcons lost yesterday to Buffalo, yeah, twenty-three to seventeen. They're giving them their first loss on the year. Uh, Charles Clay five catches for one hundred and twelve yards. Uh, Matt Ryan twenty-four of forty-two, two forty-two, a touchdown, two interceptions, and a fumble lost. He did lose Jones and Sanu. Yes, that is a big thing for them. And on the defensive side, uh, Vic Beasley injured as well. So things not looking great for the defending NFC champs going forward. Um, Things weren't looking great going backwards either. So, <laughs> I see what you did there. Twenty-eight to <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was going for. Oh man, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength there. Yeah, we got this. 
the good news for uh, for them is uh, going forward, they have the bye week this week, followed by a date with the Dolphins, and then a trip to New England, which I know everybody says is a, is kind of a death march for them, but the way New England's defense has been lately, and we'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute, um, you know, there's no reason to think that Atlanta won't be all right coming out of this bye week, because after that they go to the Jets, um, and then they travel to Carolina. So four very winnable games, even though three are on the road coming out of that bye week. Yeah. Um, no team is looking invincible this year. Maybe Kansas City. Well, there's still Kansas City. It's still the beginning of the season. We haven't gotten to the end of the season, and we haven't gotten to the playoffs where they will lose a game at home. Yeah, that is kind of their MO. Um, the uh, Bengals finally got a win. Yes, that well, uh, yeah. Win. Uh, they beat the Browns 31-7. to um, Andy Dalton, 25 of 30, 286 yards and four touchdowns. That's literally all I have to say about this game. Uh, if you had any the, remarks prepared, I don't know. Hugh Jackson said he uh, wasn't upset at the fans leaving the game early because he probably would have too. Oh, hey, fun fact. Uh, the Browns are so desperate to sell tickets. If you bought a ticket to yesterday's game, they gave you a free 2018 pass to Cedar Point. That's a $50 value, and you could have gone on StubHub and bought tickets for $20. You could have gotten a football game and a trip to Cedar Point for less than 30 bucks. Football game? It's technically a football game. I mean, yeah, they did have the, the, the ball out there. Um, most of the time it was in the Bengals' end zone, but, you know. Good, yeah. That's neither here nor there. Well, if here or there is the Browns' end zone, then yes, it was not there. Uh the L.A. Rams, yep, thirty-five to thirty winners over the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I thought Dallas and was picked that one. Yeah, right? Tom did. Although, so to be fair with our picks, we're all square, and we all picked the Chiefs tonight. So, yeah. um, again, we all missed on some ones that we stood alone on. Um, or if like David and I picked one way and you picked the other, David and I both lost, and then you and David lost one where you picked that I didn't. But. Um, I'm proud of this one, though, because nobody should have really picked the Rams. I actually considered it. This is the one. There, Well, there were two games that I waffled on as far as who to pick. and a waffle, it makes me hungry. The, uh, the other one was the Arizona-San Francisco game. I did pick San Francisco, uh, so I got that one wrong. But those were the, these were the two games that I was, I was kind of... And, you know, those two games are... Uh, two teams coming off the Thursday games playing two teams coming off the Monday games. Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually part of my thinking of who knows, you know, what could happen uh, in both of those. But uh, Jared Goff, 21-36, 255 yards and two touchdowns. Is it possible for him to win comeback player of the year um, given everything that happened? Last? I know he wasn't injured or out of football for any reason, but he played for the Rams under Jeff Fisher. I think that... Well, I mean, it's come back, player of the year. He was never here. He has to have been here in order to come back. Well, that's true. That's true, but, you know... Can we give him belated rookie of the year? Yeah. Can we, uh... Do, do, like, do like baseball and hockey, where if you play a certain number of games, that that's your rookie season. Right. If you play fewer than that, then your rookie season is the next year. How about, um... How about the, uh... Didn't suck after Jeff Fisher left award, and we give it to the entire Rams offense. Yeah, 
Uh, Todd Gurley, 23 carries, 121 yards, seven catches, 94 yards, and a receiving touchdown. And he he did say that they were going to quote whoop up on on the Cowboys. Well, they did. They they did, but their defense didn't follow through with that. Uh, their defense did in the second half. After giving up 24 points in the first half, they shored things up and only gave up six in the second half. So Wade Phillips really turned it around there, coming out of halftime. He knows what he's doing. He does, and I that's the thing. I I think a lot of this is players adjusting to this new style because. A Wade Phillips defense is different from anything these players have ever seen. Yeah. I think there is an adjustment period for these players. A lot of them are very young. You know, it's not like when he went into Denver or Dallas and had a bunch of uh, veterans on the team. This is a very, very young Rams team. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an adjustment. So uh, I think by the end of the year, this is going to be one of the more balanced teams in football. So... Um, and uh, so for the Cowboys and the loss, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 139 total yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, Dallas has looked like a train wreck in their losses yeah, and, they and just barely above average in their wins. Yeah, they haven't looked stellar in any of their wins. So this leaves them at 2-2, two and two, um, and uh, that puts them uh, in second place uh, behind the Eagles at 3-1 and one, and the Redskins 2-1. and one, They play tonight against the Chiefs. Um <gasps> Detroit, as we said, uh, defensive game up in Minnesota. Detroit comes out the winner, fourteen to seven. Amir Abdullah, twenty carries for ninety-four yards and a touchdown. Uh, the big story coming out of this one: Delvin Cook has an ACL injury. Yeah, there goes uh, pretty much everything they were able to do on offense. Yeah, um, I and mean, there goes my fantasy season. Yeah, um, Case Keenum, uh, he's been good in relief of Bradford. Um, still, no word on when Bradford's coming back. I think the injury is a lot more serious than they're letting on, and they just don't want to say it because they know that um, if they can sort of not say that he's done, they can push it and push it and push it and maybe get Teddy Bridgewater back. Yeah, um, Bridgewater, what, eligible to start practicing next week? I think so, yes. Next uh, week or the week after. Yeah, being on the pup. Um and I mean that it seems like that's what they were pushing towards all season long anyway for Bridgewater to come in and, and sort of win back the starting job, but I think they want to have an actual question as to whether or not he will, yeah, rather than just you know coming in and taking Case Keenum out, yeah. Because if it's Bradford, there's a there's a question as to whether or not he's starting as opposed to. Uh, just taking the place of Keenum. Yeah, handing it back to Bridgewater. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think they want a sort of competition. Yeah, um, the, the competition is, you know, probably the best thing for them at this point. Um, they're, so they're they're operating with their uh, with their backup, well, third-string quarterback, backup running back. Who um, is their backup running back? Latavius Murray. Oh. Who, so it's not a super big downgrade if he can run like he ran in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, so coming up for them um, at Chicago, and then home against Green Bay, home against Baltimore, at Cleveland. Every game in the NFL is a tough game, but realistically in those next four games, you're looking at Green Bay as the only real real issue for them. Yeah, and that's a home game. So Right. Um, you know, Baltimore, who knows what to make of them at this point. Uh, I don't think they're very good. You know, we, we said earlier, like, their first real test of the season – was going to be Pittsburgh, and then they went out and laid that egg in London against Jacksonville. Yeah, um, 
uh, and then laid in, laid another egg against Pittsburgh, um, which we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But you know, so for the Vikings, you know, what can they do in that four game stretch leading into the bye week uh, before we get a better, you know, when will we get a better idea of Bradford's status? When will we get a better idea of if Bridgewater's coming back this year? They still haven't released what exactly the Delvin Cook injury is, so yeah, it's hard to tell what to make of this team going forward. I'd say that uh, for as much as they made out of last season, you know, losing Bridgewater in the in the training camp and and all that mess, um, this season is looking to be even messier, and that's not good for them. Yeah, well, last year what they started off five and zero, finished eight and eight, and missed the playoffs. Yep. And it was right when the injuries started to pile up that they that they uh, started losing those games. Um, so the uh, and the the injuries this year are to more impact players than than last year which was you know they had a lot of injuries on the line and and sort of on the defense yeah um this year it's the quarterback the running back and those are really important pieces well the two most well two of the three most important pieces on their team um so the uh probably the biggest upset of the day yesterday carolina 33 new england 30 yep uh graham ganoa the game-winning kick his time expired um Cam Newton, 22 of 29, 316 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Tom Brady, 32 of 45, 307 yards and two touchdowns. Um, This was, I don't know. It's not surprising that Newton had the day he did considering what the Patriots defense has been this year. Um, But considering what Cam Newton's been so far this year, is he finally healthy? Is this the game where he was finally 100%? It looked like it to me. Um, He didn't. There didn't seem to be a hitch in his giddy-up when he was moving out of the pocket. His arm finally looked strong. Um, you know, he's putting these passes on guys instead of off by a foot or two like he had been in recent weeks. Uh, maybe maybe he's finally over those injury issues that plagued him last year and led them to the to the losing record. Yeah. Um, they still have not had back-to-back winning records, have they? As a franchise under him or? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not entirely. Oh no, they did. Did they? Yeah, they had a winning record the year before they went to the Super Bowl. Um, huh. I thought. Uh, oh, maybe since the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, they. No, they. they well, they're one year removed. Year. Yeah. Um, um, going forward for them uh, at Detroit, at home against Philadelphia, at Chicago, at Tampa, at home against Atlanta, and at home against Miami. So kind of a rough road uh, with Detroit, Philly, and Tampa. Yeah, and Atlanta, you know, all all with just one loss on the year, each one of those teams. So um, we'll find out if they're really back coming up because you know you look at it so far. They played San Francisco, Buffalo, who we don't know what to make of them yet. We know they're three and one, but it's a weird three and one for Buffalo. Yeah, it's um, you know it's a game against the Jets. It's it's not something a lot of people expected. Um, I know you expect to win against the Jets. You don't expect to win the game they won this week though. Yeah, uh, but it was a banged-up Falcons team. Right. Uh, their other win did come against Denver, so, you know, maybe this is finally... We've been saying it for years, this could be Buffalo's year, this could be Buffalo's year. Maybe it finally is. Maybe at the end of the year we look back at that loss for Carolina to Buffalo and we're like, well, it was against a 12-4 and team. Yeah. Um, I still think the Bills are an 8-8 eight and eight team. Even with this start? Even with this start. Um, they still have to play the Patriots, and I know the Patriots haven't looked great, but it's still the Patriots. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they don't play the Patriots until Week 13. Um, so hey, who knows how big their division lead will be by then? Right. Um, Could be up to 
two games. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots going forward, they're going to have a tough one down in Tampa on Thursday night football, uh, which is a game I'm looking forward to. Um, then they have uh, an away game against the Jets, at home against the Falcons on Sunday night, and then at home against the Chargers heading into their bye week. Um, so pretty easy road ahead for them uh, after that Bucks game. Uh, the you know They've got the one road game against the weak Jets team and then two home games, So, uh, which I know they are one and two at home right now. But, yeah, um, it's uh, didn't used to be so easy to go into Foxborough and throw the ball around like you want and and yeah. put up thirty three points. Well, that, you know that is the biggest thing right now. It's their pass defense. They're not getting any pressure, and their guys can't run with the receivers that long. So um, the uh, Jets twenty three, Jaguars twenty in overtime. In overtime, Bilal Powell twenty one carries, one hundred sixty three yards and a touchdown. Uh, Leonard Fournette one hundred forty five total yards and receiving touchdown. Um, it was kind of a trap game for the Jaguars coming off the huge victory last week. Yeah, um, and it just raises more questions. Yeah, yeah, we really Everything don't... Everything the Jaguars do this season is raising questions. Yeah, it's it's difficult to peg them right now. Um, they're 2-2, they're two and two, uh, so are the Texans and Titans, and uh, the what? Colts are 1-3. and three. You mean to tell me that there is no separation within that division? Yeah. Um, I believe there will be soon. Um the uh, Steelers, 26, the Ravens, 9. Um, Joe Flacco, quote after the game, I sucked. He He's not wrong. 31-49, um, 235 yards, touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, Le'Veon Bell finally got things on track. Yes, he did. Um, 186. finally got going. Yeah, 186 total yards, uh, three total touchdowns. Antonio Brown, uh, one flipped cooler and one temper tantrum. Yeah, but those that's the same. No, the one in the end zone when Ben didn't see him. I didn't see that one. Yep. I we talked about it last week. I love Antonio Brown, but man, he's getting frustrated at at the offense and I know, you know, the offense itself got going uh this week, but he was not a big factor in it. Um that's no I mean, be happy for, that your teammate finally got it going and that you don't have to carry the offense now. Yeah, I think he likes carrying the offense. He, even though I, like I said, I like him. I like the way he plays. He's always struck me as someone who is much more concerned about his stats than the team's uh, overall performance. Yeah, um, you see him get angry in these situations where he's not getting a hundred yard game or he's not getting touchdowns. Uh, I think uh, it's a lot easier to take when the team is scoring thirty plus points a game, right? As opposed to you know sixteen, twenty four, twenty nine. 26. Yeah. No, I, I get it. But it's just, it's a bad look for the NFL's best receiver. Yeah. Um, but then again, look at the days when Terrell Owens or uh, Chad Johnson slash Ocho Cinco was the NFL's best receiver. And yeah, and they got raked over the coals for it. Yeah. Brown doesn't. He doesn't because, uh, I don't know why he doesn't. Because he plays to the Steelers. See, a lot of people, I think, should rake him over the coals for that and playing for the Steelers. A lot of people don't like the Steelers, and you'd think that they would get more uh, boisterous hate. Yeah, but here's one thing about about that. Um, there are those teams that when, when Clay Matthews had that ridiculous late hit on Colin Kaepernick, he did not take as much heat as as a player like Ndamukong Su. He didn't take that kind of heat, and it's because the Lions aren't a force to be reckoned with. It's, so uh, he doesn't. Uh, Sue doesn't play for a legacy franchise. Pretty much, 
You don't and, play for the Patriots, the Steelers, the the Packers. Yeah, the Cowboys. Because here's you know with Terrell Owens, yeah. he had his his issues. The biggest issues came in Philly. Yeah, even though he was far worse in his in his other stops than yeah. he was in Philly. Yeah, but that's when it that's when they talked about it because they're not one of those franchises that are held above. Um, so I think that's part of why Antonio Brown is not being uh, being criticized as much as other as other players might be. Um, but moving forward, uh, Houston fifty seven franchise record for points. Uh, Tennessee Titans fourteen. The, this was a case of scoragami, a score that has never happened before. <laughs> Who uh, who'd you pick in this game, Tom? I picked the Titans. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Being the, every bit the player I thought he would be this year. Let me just say, though, that uh, Tennessee was still in this game up until Mariota got hurt. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that would have stopped the Texans from scoring 57. It just me- it, it just means it would have been 57 to 36. It, they would have kept the ball longer. Oh, well, yeah. Reducing the number of, of drives that uh, Houston could take. Right. Uh, uh, Watson, 25 or 34, 283 yards, four touchdowns. He was great in the pocket. He was great when he had to move out of the pocket. Um, Lamar Miller had 75 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had 107 yards and a touchdown. Will Fuller coming back had a touchdown catch for them. Um, this is the, this is the Houston team I was talking about when I picked them to win the South. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't see Watson coming in and starting in the second half of the first game of the season. Right, yeah. They they said over and over that it was Tom Savage's team. Uh, but the, this is what I was waiting for, and this I'm very, very happy to see this out of Deshaun Watson. You know, I made no secret last year he was my favorite college football player. He's one of my favorite non-Packer players this year uh, by far. He seems to have really got it going. He's, uh, he's going to be a force in that AFC South Yeah, because you don't even really have to be that great. Right. He didn't have to put up those numbers yesterday. Didn't have to, but he did, and it was awesome. Um, you know, so they, they're they 2-2 two and two now. Uh, they had the rough start, and we kind of knew they would. Um, and their uh, their next game coming up, they've got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Um, so that'll be a huge test for them, and I think one of the better games this season. Uh but they lost the opener to Jacksonville with Savage at quarterback. They barely beat the Bengals in Deshaun Watson's first start. Um, and again, I think that was just, it was primetime football. It was a short week. You know, a lot of factors there. And then they right. had the narrow loss to the Patriots and this blowout of the Titans. Um, so after the Chiefs game, they're at the Browns, and then they're bye week, and then at the Seahawks. So two really big games in their next three. Yeah, um, two winnable games right there. They're they're gonna pound the Seahawks. You think so? To dust. Well, I hope you're right. I really do. Because the Seahawks, uh, they they got it going last night. Yes, but they'll have to play a defense when they get to Houston. Right. Uh, so out west, uh, Arizona eighteen, San Francisco fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was nothing but field goals until the end of overtime. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald with a game-winning overtime catch. Uh, the Niners marched down and took a lot of time off the clock. I think they took eight eight of the ten minutes to score their field goal, and then Arizona came back and marched down the field for the touchdown. Carson Palmer finished 30, 33 of 51 for 357 yards in that game-winning touchdown. Also out west, the Philadelphia Eagles in uh, what was basically a home game for them in San Diego uh, won 26-24. Well, you mean they had ten of their fans show up? Yeah. Uh, you could hear 
there were more boos when the Chargers came out from Eagles fans than there were when the Eagles came out from Chargers fans. Yikes. Um, I mean, jeez. Yeah, it's bad. It's, L.A. does not want them. I, I think the Rams, the Rams are good right now, and I think that's really going to help them get the fan base. Nobody wants the Chargers. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, 16 carries, 136 yards, 20-yard touchdown reception. Phillip Rivers, not bad in the loss, 22 of 38, 347, and two touchdowns. Um, Attendance, um, announced attendance, 25,374. They still can't sell it out. What is it, 27,000? 27,000. They cannot sell 27,000 tickets to a professional football game. Unreal. Um, The... uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 25. The New York Giants, 23. Uh, Jameis Winston, 22 of 38, 332 yards and, and three touchdowns. Uh, Eli Manning, 30 of 49, 288 and two touchdowns. I almost said Peyton Manning because of the stat line. <laughs> I just have it marked down as Manning, and I almost said Peyton because of that that line. That is a Peyton line, not an Eli line. Yeah, um, where's the seven interceptions? Yeah. Nick Folk, game-winning 34-yard field goal as time expired. He had missed an extra point and two field goals up to that point. Boy, they just can't get a kicker, man. Yeah, so the, the kicking was continue for Tampa. Um, yeah, the Giants have marched down and taken a late lead, uh, missed on a two-point conversion, um, and Tampa was able to come down and get the game-winning field goal, which would have been game-tying had they gotten the conversion. Yep. Um, Denver 16, Oakland 10. Uh, C.J. Anderson, 95 yards on 20 carries. Uh, A.J. Derby, backup tight end for Denver, four catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. So wasted fantasy points across the board. Um, Oakland only had 24 rushing yards. Didn't they? Um, yes. When they got when they went out and uh, they got, uh, well, it was a big name that they went out and got. I, I, I mean, you'd think I'd be able to remember it, but well, when he only, only has 12, <laughs> when he only has 12 yards and like eight carries. Uh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch and the rest of the Oakland backs held in check. Uh, like I said, 24 rushing yards. They only had 254 total yards of offense, um, and a lot of that was due to Derek Carr leaving the game. Uh, uh, coach said it was back spasms. Yes. Also, I would like to point out, as I often mistakenly call him David Carr, I'm yeah. not the only person that does that. I heard three sportscasters do it over the weekend. The most recent, Donovan McNabb, as I was driving in this morning on Mike and Mike, called him David Carr. Everybody, that's because I, I feel for him. He's the little brother. Yep. His entire life has it's been, oh, it's, here's David Carr and his little brother. See, but unlike unlike us, he's actually better than the older. Oh. I'm taking your Fago Red Pop. Oh, it's mine now. Oh, it's Sunday Night Football. The Seahawks beat the Colts 46-16. to Um Kobe Brissett, 16 of 29, 157 yards, touchdown and interception. He is performing admirably for that team. Yeah, um, it's too late for them. Yeah. It's too late. Doesn't matter. Well, the fact that nobody knows when Andrew Luck is coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much write them off in that AFC South, especially if especially if the Texans have found, found right. their swagger. That's going to be hard to overcome. My, my caveat for the Titans winning that division was that they had to beat the Texans. They have one more chance to do it. Yeah. Um, they really need to. For the Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson, 21 of 26, 295 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, and Seattle, 194 rushing yards as a team. See, what what I see there is that uh, the Seahawks finally gave Russell Wilson a pocket. They They protected the quarterback for long enough for him to get through his reads, and he was able to put up some numbers. 
they uh, well, they're also playing Colts. Right, but I mean, if that's what it took for them to finally be able to protect their quarterback. Yeah. No, I, I get where you're coming from. They they did finally have a complete game on offense. Just the uh, the two picks are bad. Um, the one by Matthias Farley, uh, he did underthrow it a little bit, but Jimmy Graham made no effort to come back to the ball. I don't think Jimmy Graham ever wanted to play there. No, no, no. And he has not tried a dollop since he got there. So tonight we have Redskins and Chiefs. I know we both picked the Chiefs. Actually, we all picked the Chiefs. Um, I am looking for more Kareem Hunt tonight. Yeah, that's uh, it's his. Uh, it's his season. Yeah. I, I expect another you know, I expect another hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. Uh but I don't expect it to be a blowout by any means. Uh I'm kinda figuring Washington's gonna gonna hang in there for most of this game. So um, you know, I would not be surprised to see well, yeah, a thirty three to thirty final. After what they did to Oakland last week. Yeah. Just uh showed all the holes in, in the Oakland team. Uh I expect them to take it to the the Chiefs defense a little bit, um, but yeah, I, th- I still think the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah. So now uh, we're through a quarter of the season for most teams. Dolphins and Bucks still down a game. Um, most surprising three and one start: Los Angeles Rams, Carolina Panthers, Philadelphia Eagles, or Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, without a question. Um, all those other teams have talent. Uh, Buffalo has a great deal of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Defense doesn't win championships anymore. It doesn't, but it can get you a thirteen and three record like that. Um, for me, I think it's the Panthers. I did not expect them to be uh, to be in it at this point. Um, not that I expected them to necessarily be a four and twelve team or anything like that, but I expected early season struggles from them. And while they have had them, they've still been able to pull out the wins uh, against teams like Buffalo and. Well, and that's that's the 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 measure of one of the truly good teams is. When you're struggling, can you still win? Yeah, uh, and they've been able to do it, um, which is why why it's been a little surprising to me. I did not see that coming uh, from them. I thought Cam was still going to be down a little bit uh, for the rest of the year, but over the last two games, he's turned it around. So, um, uh, Do the Rams have what it takes to hold on to this and stay in front of the Seahawks? I think uh, that they do. Um I do want to see a little bit more out of their defense, um, but overall they're a really good team. That offense has got some firepower, and I think they've got uh, they've got a good road ahead of them. Bears rookie Mitchell Trubisky named starting quarterback. I was right. You were right. I don't like it, but they're doing it. So you got to make a change. You got to change something. And when you can pinpoint the player that's been your your troubles more than anyone else. And you don't make that change, you've changed the wrong thing. All right, uh, so we're going to move on to baseball playoff preview. Baseball playoff preview, yeah. Is that the official music of the baseball playoff preview? Yes. Oh, my God, I love it. Is there a hockey one later? No, because it's not the play. I only oh. I only make up songs for playoffs. Hockey playoff preview. There it is. Yeah, but it's the same. It's, it's, it's the same, the, just different. It's not the playoffs yet, though. Yeah, it's the regular That's season. why it's a preview. Pre, meaning before. Way before. <laughs> so. so we're going to do our 2018 Super Bowl preview. <laughs> oh. 2018 Super Bowl preview. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to start with the wild card games. Uh, Eric has a lot of interest in these. Uh, one of them in particular, absolutely, yes. Uh, but we're not starting <laughs> with that one, so oh. ha. Uh, 
No, first up tomorrow, we have the Twins at Yankees. Uh, the Twins are going to put out Urban Santana going against Luis uh, Severino. Sorry, Luis Severino for the Yankees. Um, we are doing picks uh, for these, and we will post a graphic up on Facebook and Twitter later on. Uh, we can talk about them right now. I am taking the Yankees in this matchup. As am I. Uh, Eric went with with the Twins. I picked the Twins um, mostly because I don't want them to win. <laughs> because if it comes down to the winner of this game going to the World Series and it happens to be against my team, the Twins are the team I don't want to see. Because the last time we saw them, they swept us. Um, and we haven't played the Yankees this year, so I have nothing uh, nothing to go by on that. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we saw the Twins in Minnesota for three games, and they swept us. So um, I'm picking them with the hopes that uh, that jinxes them. <laughs> but, no, I, I think they it, – it's real tough with these one-game playoffs. Because, I mean, it's it's a coin flip any day of the week. You can you – can, somebody can have a bad day. Yeah. Any and, of these four teams, and especially with with the starting pitchers that are going out for these games. And so the other game is the Rockies at the Diamondbacks uh, with John Gray against Zach Greinke. Mm-hmm. Any one of these four starting pitchers, I would love to have starting in this game, and that's why yeah. these guys chose them as their starters for these games. But uh, it, it's very difficult for me. I did pick the Yankees, but it's very difficult for me to pick against Irvin Santana. Right. Um, I just think it comes down to the firepower that the Yankees have. Game in, game out, they can they can knock in twenty runs if they want. Well, when, you know, you're looking at Aaron Judge with his uh, sixty. Did he did he get to did 60? he get to sixty? Fifty-nine. Sorry, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, no, fifty-two. Sorry, I was thinking about Stanton was yeah. close to sixty. Yeah, fifty-two. At, it is the rookie yeah, record though. The rookie record for home runs in a season, Aaron Judge. Um, and you know, you do have other power hitters in that suck lineup. it guy from the Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do. You do have other. You know, other big hitters for them, Gary Sanchez, who I know is kind of a liability behind the plate. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be a very difficult lineup to get through, uh, you know, three times for a starter. Yeah. Um, Do you really think the starter's going to need to go through the lineup three times, though? Yeah, in, the, in these in these one, in these game, one game Yeah, in these one-game playoffs, you don't think they're going to bring another you starter know, in in relief in the fourth? Another starter, probably not. I mean, that's too much I to think sacrifice that's... to get through one game when you got to look forward to the next mm-hmm. series. And I know it's your whole season, but that's, yeah, you're I setting don't... yourself up to lose the next series by using two starters in a game. I know the Diamondbacks are having, I I, I think they, they, they haven't released the official, you know, roster yet but they're talking about having three or four of the starters being in the bullpen available to to relieve so it's very possible that i mean your number five starter will always be there available you know for like uh for the cubs you know they're going to use lester arietta Hendricks all the way through the playoffs lackey's going to be that fourth guy and montgomery will be available well, it's different in the series. I'm talking about just the, this one game. You've got this. You've you, it all rests on this one game. So, I say use whoever you have to use. In this case, basically, the only person you really have to worry about not using is whoever you want to start the first game of the next series. Right. Because it's going to be long enough between them that the rest of your guys you can use them for a few innings and they'll still be able to come back on rest. On it might be a little bit shorter rest than they're used to, but they can still come back. Yeah. And that's assuming you used all of them. And I'm just saying have them available right. in case you need them. Well, I'm, I'm also looking at it this way. If you're replacing your starting pitcher without him going through the lineup three times, you're probably losing that game anyway. But not necessarily. It might just be a matter of, uh, you know, 
who's on deck and who's available to to pitch and when you when you're only dealing with that one game you only have to you don't you don't have to worry about what's happening tomorrow you just got to worry about that one game yeah but I mean, maybe you you're don't putting, you're putting zach granke out there because he's supposed to get through these it doesn't yeah. matter who's on deck. and, he's and if he's cruising sit him down and if he's cruising then absolutely you, you leave know. him in there i'm just saying that you know even if he hasn't given up any runs but Says it sixty pitches through three innings or something like that. Even if he hasn't given up any runs, yeah, why not throw Corbin out there to uh, to to pitch the fourth or fifth or whatever it may be, um, you know, as opposed to bringing in one of the middle relievers and you know, bring somebody in who's who's got that starting stuff to to be that middle reliever instead of one of your middle relievers. Yeah, I don't know. I I gotta I gotta. Think yeah, but you... then you say I don't trust my middle relievers. Yeah, and that's gonna screw with them going forward and. I don't know. I just they I already like know the they're not starters, so I think they know that we trust the starters more than them to begin with. I don't think it's going to be a shock to them that uh, the the starting five have better stuff than they have. Otherwise, they'd be in the starting five. I don't know. If it, looking at it, you know, I can only look at it from my team's point of view because I don't know the it, series I, is I completely different because right. you got to worry about that next day as but, well. But for this one that's that's one of the reasons the i hate these playoff, one game playoffs in the so one game much playoff that we had against pittsburgh a couple years back if arietta had broken down i did not i didn't want them to go to lester or to Hendricks or to lackey i wanted i wanted their next move to be pedro strope carlos rondon i i don't want or hector rondon sorry i said Car, carlos plays for Get it together. My own guy, Hector Rondon. <laughs> I didn't want them going to another starter. I wanted them going to one of those pitchers whose responsibility it is to come in, and you know he's going to get you three outs no matter what is going on around him. Because it's his job. Yeah. Uh, you trust the guys to do their job in the in the positions that you've had them in all year. I don't think the one-game playoff is a time to, to mess with the way you've done things for 162 games leading up to this. Yeah, this is just game. Say, I, I definitely absolutely disagree with you there. This I think is, that one game playoff is the time to this change is just things up. Game 163. <laughs> this is just uh, like if you would have a tiebreaker game. Tiebreaker game would be decide it all. slightly different only because you would have, you know, it's usually only a day or two between the tiebreaker and the actual playoff game. So, again, you have to worry about who's playing next. This is There's going to be almost a week between the uh, – the, the wild card game and the start of the division series. So why not use every available weapon in your arsenal? You got the first divisional series kicks off on Thursday, and then I believe everybody has played at least one divisional game by the end of Friday. I thought there was more time between. There is not. I know the the you know obviously the ones that aren't waiting on a wild card spot, but even still, that still gives you three starters you can use. Yeah. The, in in theory, and I'm not saying you have to use them. I'm, I'm not saying you know here's the formula, do this. Right. I'm just saying have them available, and if you need them, I mean, I, I'm okay with having your fifth starter available because odds are you're never going to get to them throughout the playoffs, except in these relief situations. Um, but uh, overall, I don't like the idea of going to your to your two or your three um, in, in a game like this. But so. Uh, Looking at looking at that uh, Rockies Dvacs game, um, the way these two teams have played this year, and I know the Rockies fell off later on in the season. The Dvacs had a slump at one point and then came back and turned it on, and it's been it's been very entertaining to watch NL West baseball this year. Um, I uh, I expect nothing less than forty seven home runs in this game, the way they have been hitting the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it's not at Coors, but uh, Chase is very hitter-friendly as yeah. well, so it's not like they can't, um, th- that it can't happen. 
You've got the, that really low fence over in front of the pool. You've got that really low fence over on the other side in left field. Um, you know, really the only place where it's hard to hit a home run is dead center. And even there, it's it's possible. Right. It's been e- done easier many times, stadiums. especially with the hitters that both of these teams have. I mean, you've got Goldie and J.D. Martinez on our side, and they've got their sluggers um, on their side. So, yeah, there's going to be – I imagine there's going to be quite a few home runs. Um, I don't know if quite that many in just the one game. Um, but uh, – oh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully not too many – uh, you know, for them, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love for JD to go out there and have another four home run game. That would be uh, perfectly fine with me. Um, uh, definitely need Goldie to bust out of his little bit of a slump over the last few games that we've seen. Of course, you know, last couple of games he didn't play the whole game either. So, yeah, these last those last couple of games of the season where it really didn't matter to anything other than the record. You know, there there was nothing that could be gained by winning those games right. other than pushing the record up. I was glad that they did win the one game to, A, avoid ending the season on a sweep and a loss, and, B, they managed to win exactly the number of games they lost last year. Last year they went 69-93. This year they went 93-69. and That's nice. So, um, and also it gave uh, Lavello the record for first-year for wins for a first-year manager of the D-backs. Nice. Previously held by the 2001 team in Bob Brenly. Uh, they won 92 games that yeah. year. So um, I'm liking the similarities here is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm liking the similarities that we're seeing here. Um, but, yeah, you know, those games really didn't matter. You know, by the by the fifth inning, it was pretty much the B-squad out for both teams, right. you know. That's um, the I went to the Indians-Twins uh, game on Thursday last week. Mm-hmm. The Twins had just clinched the second wild card the night before. Yeah. I could not have told you anything about the lineup they put on the field that day. Yeah, the the game after uh, we clinched was it, it started by the B squad yeah. too cuz I'm like I, I imagine all the starters have pretty big hangovers right now. So yeah. <laughs> Cubs did the same thing after clinching. Yeah. When there's when there's nothing on the line, um, you know, give give your big guys a break, give them a day off, give them a little bit of rest. <clears throat> Test out your backups. Find out who you want to keep on that roster for the actual playoff okay, games. So, um, I'm picking the Diamondbacks, and I'm going to get some coffee. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, I have the Diamondbacks in this game. If you, I don't think yeah. I said it specifically, but obviously, although I will admit that I am very, very nervous about this game because the Rockies are a good team this year, and they've played us hard all year long. Yeah. We do have the edge in the season series, but just barely. Um, and, and, well, and in the history of this game, home field has meant nothing in these games. Road teams, I believe, have won more wild card games than home teams. Yeah, it's so that's. I'm liking that we have the home field, even even with that stat, because of how well we've played at Chase this year. Right, our record at Chase is uh, ridiculous compared to our record on the road. I mean, I think I think with that win yesterday, I don't remember if that put us. Uh, over 500 or at 500 for the year on the road. I got to look at that up, look that stat up again. But I know we're not under 500 on the road because we won that game. Um, if we had lost that game, it would have put us under 500 on the road. Right. Um, so I think obviously that would mean that we are at 500 on the road. Now that I'm thinking about the logistics of all that, right. um, so that means yeah, we ended the series 500 on the road and way above 500 at home. Um, you know, all of our guys have gotten the proper rest. Um, Granky's on the hill, which is always a good thing, especially at Chase. Like he's been pitching great all year long, with the exception of just a couple of outings. All of which, you know, all of his bad outings have been on the road. Yeah. He's been lights out at Chase, so he's definitely the one I want starting this game. 
Um, and then that also frees up Ray to pitch the first game of the series against the Dodgers. If we win this game, we play the Dodgers. Right. Ray has owned the Dodgers this year, yeah. so I am perfectly happy to have Ray at that, that first away game for us because um, – you know he's he's dominated the Dodgers no matter where he's pitched them. So um, perfectly happy to to have Grinky start this game and Ray available for that first game against yeah. the Dodgers. He's like he's really the only starter I don't want to see available in the bullpen <laughs> for this game because he needs to start that Dodgers series. Yeah, and starting um, game one of a series usually means you'll be there in game five if needed. Yeah. So that's always always a plus there. So uh, looking at this. We had David and Mason do picks too, uh, as our you know Mason as our resident baseball guy. He's he was unable to be here due to a uh, scheduling conflict uh, this morning. Um, but uh, Mason, Tom, and I are all picking the Yankees and the D-backs. Uh, so Eric has said the so, Twins and the D-backs, and David is going with the Yankees and Rockies. So we have two <laughs> two two of our uh, hosts here picking. Picking some underdogs. Um, no, and and like I said, I'm not. Uh, I, with one game playoffs, it's so tough because there is always that possibility. You know, if if it were a three game series, even and someone were to pick the Rockies right now, if it were three games with two of them being at Chase, even or you know, I'd be like, no, nope, it's we've got this, and I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Um, with it being just that one game, it's it's such a coin flip because anything can happen. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I think both both of these games I think are going to be very tight games. I mean, a giant not... meteor could hit the stadium, and literally anything could happen. <laughs> yes, I mean it is, it is possible. It's unlikely, yep. but uh, somebody could hit. Comes a giant meteor, and Charlie Blackman blasts it over, <laughs> blasts it over the fence, and the Rockies win. Like, wait a minute, that doesn't count. Seven hundred and thirty-two to one, because that's what it there, would be. Because there's seven hundred and thirty-two runs for hitting a meteor out of the that's, stadium. Yeah, it's an obscure rule in baseball. There's there's a rule on the books from nineteen ought two, where if you hit a meteor that falls from the sky out of the park, it counts for seven hundred and thirty-two runs. It happened, it well, happened it, in a game between the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, and and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Not yeah, many people um, remember that. Uh, Jonas. Sandy uh, Walkman actually did it once. Uh, it's the only thing he's known for. <laughs> that and inventing that tape player that everybody loves. No, that was that, <laughs> that, that was Sandy Jonas Walkman. <laughs> oh, sorry. Damn, like, I always get those two confused. I wonder why. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a couple of couple. Uh, they're going to be great games. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to see a blowout on uh, either of these games because no, everybody's going to be fighting. Everybody's going to be fighting too hard. Even if they're high scoring, they're still going to be close. Yeah. Um, so going forward, looking at the picture as a whole, now we've we've done our we've done our wild card picks, and once the wild card games are over, we'll make our division picks too uh, for the a, division series, and it's we'll a make a good idea. Yeah. To wait. Are we, are we doing but, early World Series predictions yeah, as of right like now? A, I would like an early World Series prediction out of you guys. We don't have them from David or Mason, but we'll get them as we go uh, from them. Uh, did you? Uh, Give their picks for the wild cards. I did. I right. did. Yeah. So just uh, just the teams or teams. Wins? If you want to, we we already know you said the Diamondbacks at the beginning of yep, the season. Yep. So who are the Diamondbacks going to beat in the World Series, Eric? I say um, probably Cleveland. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be Diamondbacks Cleveland. I'm saying six games. Tom, um, it's going to be the Dodgers, and I hope not. I just want that. I don't care even if it's our team. I want my team to beat the Dodgers, but somebody's got to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the Dodgers, and uh, uh, let's go with the Yankees. Yeah, 
Um, the one time in my life I root for the Yankees. <laughs> I, I'm having a lot of trouble with the AL. A lot of trouble. It's stacked. Um, I am. I'm thinking it's the ALCS. Uh, I'm almost positive is going to be Houston and Cleveland. But picking between those teams right now is, is pretty difficult for me. They're both so hot right now. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Houston coming out of the AL. And as much as it pains me to say this, my Cubbies are not going to be the NL representative. Yay. No, sorry. No offense. but um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Dodgers coming out of the NL. I hate you both. And <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to say Houston at this point. If that's the matchup, go Houston. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say I think it's going to be Houston. I like the additions they made. I like Verlander. Um, you know, their pitching staff was already solid coming in. Uh, they have the likely AL MVP with Jose Altuve, uh, who led the majors with uh, in hitting hitting 346 on the year. That's just not um, fair. It's just no, no. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, 346 on the year. Uh, Charlie Blackman led the NL uh, hitting 331. Also, it. These these guys are the they're the best players in the league, and they only do their job one third of the time. I wish I was the best guy at my job doing one third of the work. My God, could you imagine if we were allowed a sixty six percent error rate? Oh boy, man, I would be so fast. Like yeah, I, I could I, know. I I could type like two hundred an hour if I was allowed a sixty six percent error rate. Right? <laughs> All you gotta do is get every LASIK order right, and you're good to go. <laughs> Oh, oh. Printers on taper, not even going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the 66 right there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I like Houston in this. So I've got, I've got Houston over L.A. Eric has the Diamondbacks over, you said the Indians, correct? Yeah. I, I don't want that to be the matchup because that means half of the World Series games will be blocked out for me. <laughs> no, it won't. Not, the playoffs will not be blocked out. You'll get oh, to see sweet. those. Oh, yeah, sweet. All right. Then never mind. Then, then yeah, I'm, I'm saying get back to Indians. Dodgers over Yankees. Uh. Yeah. So you're yeah. taking a team that's going to be playing tomorrow night in a wild card game, and you're taking them all the way to the World Series. Yeah, why not? Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> wild card teams are playoff teams, too. I'm, I'm taking the team that the uh, plays on are, Wednesday. I'll stand by that. <laughs> uh, I hate it's a. It should be a three game set. It really yes, should. If you're going is, to have a second should. wild card spot, it should be at least a three game it set. Should, it should, but it's still a one game playoff. Oh, uh, well. No, it's a one-game play-in. No, that's not what they call it. No, it's a one-game play-in. That's not what they call it. Um, Bender, are you jacking on in there? <laughs> I don't know why that pops into my head when I, when you guys argue about offs and ins and outs. And <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I there are tons of things I would love to see with uh, with the MLB schedule. I'd like to see more scheduled doubleheaders. Uh, well, I'd like to see some scheduled doubleheaders because they don't do that anymore. I'd like to see a three-game playoff. I'd like to see them not play in November. Uh, but, 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 but. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, there's no defense. Um, so, right. uh, I, I think it's better for the players that get to play in November because they can justify those long pants and it's not 150 degrees out anymore. Yeah, baseball attire is just ridiculous. They wear belts. They wear belts. Actual belts, not sports belts like a football player does. Actual belts. What? Why is this an issue? If I'm going out and doing a physical activity, do you know what I don't wear? A belt. You know what I do wear? Pants with a drawstring. Pants that don't fall down if you don't have a belt. Can you imagine 
every time somebody did a headfirst slide into any base if they were wearing drawstring pants, how many look, dicks would we see? I'm not saying. I don't want that. Look, I'm That is not, not a world saying. I want to live in. <laughs> I say keep the belts. I'm not saying they're not functional. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. I, I don't watch baseball to see dicks, so <laughs> I say keep the belts. What do you watch to see dicks? That's between me and my web browser. <laughs> Incognito, right? And, and your ISP. Oh, yeah. And the government. <laughs> Shout out to the NSA. What's up? <laughs> you know, they don't tune in until you say NSA. It's true. Yeah. Oh, we got So about those bombs now. that the baseball players are going to hit <laughs> in this series. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I think we've officially reached the end of the part of the show where our Canadian co-host participates as we Sorry delve into the world of hockey. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's 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 the game that's like soccer on ice, yeah? No. <laughs> Not even close. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. It's more like lacrosse on ice because they got sticks. Still no. <laughs> if you say field hockey on ice, you would be the closest <laughs> you could possibly get. But that would actually have the word hockey, and it would nearly be as funny. <laughs> actually, I think it would be funnier because it does have the word hockey in it. <laughs> Ice hockey, that's like field hockey, but on ice, right? Yeah. So like when they do the, the Disney on ice and stuff like that, is that is this like some pre- presentation they're doing? Take a thing, put it on ice. Hey. Oh, boy. Eric and his lack of hockey knowledge, despite his heritage. So, hockey is upon us. It is. We are two days away from puck drop. Which is different than hockey is up on us. Stop. Everyone stop. Just stop it. Stop. Quit it. Language is weird. Stop. Um, So, as we do with most sports, uh, we're going to hit on who we think will be division winners, playoff teams, pick a champion, and maybe some uh, awards. What do you say? Do we have to do the awards? We don't have to. I mean, we did last year. Can we save those for, like, next week? Sure, why not? Because the awards are going to be difficult. All right. Well, let's hop into the Atlantic Division. The Atlantic Division, you say? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Ottawa will do the winning of the division. Toronto and Boston will be the other two teams from that division. So you're cutting Montreal, who won it last year, completely out? Montreal is going to be bad this year. Yeah. No playoffs at all for them. Ooh. Um, so... You said, hold on, you said... Uh, Ottawa wins the Atlantic. Uh, Toronto and Boston are two and three. All right. Um, I actually have uh, I have Toronto at one, Ottawa at two, Montreal at three, and I don't think they get another playoff team out of it. Um, over in the Metro, uh, I like Pittsburgh to win it. The Rangers second, Columbus third, Washington dropping all the way to fourth, and Philadelphia in fifth, and I think those two are the two playoff teams that we're looking at for the East. Okay. Um, let's see. I've got. Uh, I've got. Pittsburgh's gonna win it. Um, Columbus and uh, New York are two and three, and then Washington. That's the New York Rangers, not the New York Islanders. Right. Washington will be the other playoff team from that division, and then Tampa Bay will be the other wild card. Okay. Um. I don't know. I just. I like. I like what Philly brings this year. I don't. Um. Ow. I- I like their goalie situation. Um, they got Brian Elliott, Michael Neuverth. Neuverth. Uh, Neuverth, sorry. Noy. Noy? Neuverth. Neuverth. Um, I, I like their goaltending situation. Um, 
their their defense uh their they're top two. Uh, big fan of. I've always liked Rad, uh, Radko Gudas, uh, and they got Andrew McDonald too. Um, that's a pretty strong pairing for them. I don't know if they'll play together or if they'll put them with uh, some weaker D men to start. But uh, and uh, sorry, uh, I just I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, so I like them as the last wild card out in the East. I, th- I think they're going to get crushed by Pittsburgh in the first round. Well, duh. But I like them as the final wild card in the I, East. I will say, don't. Don't go to sleep on Carolina and New Jersey this year. I actually am pretty high on New Jersey. Uh, I do like what they've done so far. Um, Carolina, I don't know. I'm kind of unsure about them. Like I, I could see, as you're saying, you know, don't sleep on them. Um, Either one of them could sneak in. The entire Metro, I think, is able to make the playoffs. Yeah. Even, the, even the Islanders, you know, we, we haven't talked about them yet, but even the Islanders, I think, could be in a position to make the playoffs. It's the Atlantic where I don't have any faith in teams like Buffalo, Detroit, right, Florida. Um, and look, I I will say that the Islanders have the ability to be good, but somebody needs to find them a forever home. <laughs> Eric, cue up the Sarah McLaughlin, please. <laughs> in the arms of the angels. Can we make that video just clips of Islanders players with that music going over? Can we make that? Somebody get on that, please. I, I'm uh, sure that we could. Um, you could make it a whole thing, like the Selena scene, you know, YouTube. You could, yeah. like, totally make a McLaughlin a scene. We could, oh I don't know. You, you'd have to. We could do it for them. <coughs> we could do it for the Chargers. We could do it. I mean, look. Look. They're not going to be able to sign Tavares to a long-term contract until they get a forever home. They can't just go, you know, we're going to play here for a year, we're going to play here, and then we're going to go over, and we're not allowed to play at Nassau anymore. Where are they going this year? Are they still at Barclay this year? Or are they? I think they're still at Barclay this year. But they opted out? I know they want to. They want to, but they haven't um, yet? They've made a proposal to have a uh, stadium built in Belmont Park. Okay. Uh, which is really known for its horses and not its hockey. Horse hockey. I see what you did there. As Colonel Potter would say. Um, yeah, no, the Islanders do need a, a solid place to play instead of this uncertainty with the Barclay Center. Um, they they built it knowing that it wouldn't be able to support hockey well, that there would be blind spots. And they built it that way because the Islanders said that they weren't going to move there. Then it got built and the Islanders wanted out of Nassau, and there was nowhere to go except Barclays Center. Yeah. So they went there, and now, you know, you can go see a game and not be able to see one of the goals. Um, you can go see a game and not be able to see uh, an entire third of the ice. The middle third, right? No, the, the, the third that is uh, actually beneath, literally beneath you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a terrible setup for hockey there. You know, like Tom said, they're not even supposed to be doing it there. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds for them as far as homelessness goes? I don't know. I just think it's a whole bunch of tomfoolery. And the sooner they find a place uh, to stay long term, the better they can be. Yeah. Um, and the more fans you'll get. Yeah. That being said, like I said, you know, with, with the wild card situation in the East, I don't think anybody in the Metro is out of it, including the Islander, Islanders. So uh, in the Central, um, I'm looking at Minnesota to win it. I like what they did last year, and I think they're finally that team. Um, I like Chicago to come in second, probably only by a couple of points. And I like Dallas for a rebound season. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like some of the additions they made. Uh, bringing in Ben Bishop is huge for them. Uh, I get because he's tall. Yeah. Adding Radulov and Hansel, uh, two two big uh, free agent signings for them too. Um, so I, I like Dallas for a rebound year to the third position, uh, just barely ahead of Nashville, who I think gets one of the wild cards. I'm taking Nashville to win it with uh, Minnesota and Chicago. I think St. Louis has lost too much with the uh, all of the injuries they've had. I, I agree with that. Um, but I think they are capable of a wild card. Uh, so is Dallas, you know, so is Winnipeg. So it's it's a really muddy situation there. Um but I'll take St. Louis in that uh, wild card spot. Yeah. Do you think they'll be the only wild card from the Central? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, in the Pacific, I like Edmonton to win it. So do I. Um, and then Anaheim and Calgary is the other uh, playoff teams, and I like San Jose to get that. Uh, what I what I will call the last wild card. I think Nashville will be much better than San Jose. Yeah. Um, it'll be Edmonton and Calgary and. Uh, you know, I don't know so much about Anaheim, so I'll have them in the in the third position in in that division. Um, but I'm torn between uh, um, was it uh, L.A. and San Jose? Yeah, um, I I think L.A. will have a pretty good year this year too. I do think that they'll lose out just barely to San Jose. I'll, I'll go ahead and give it to L.A. so that we disagree. There you go. Um, so going forward, looking at the you know we picked our playoff teams. Uh, way too early Stanley Cup prediction. Oh, whew. can Pittsburgh threepeat? Uh, they can. Will certainly, they? Certainly a possibility. Um, I don't know. I I really hate picking things this early because you're going to be wrong. I know, but everybody does it, so here we are. Huh. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say it. Pittsburgh gets the threepeat, and they do it over Chicago. I'm gonna go Edmonton and Ottawa. Oh, our first Canadian winner in how many years? Several. Many. All right. Well, we'll see who's right and who's Tom. Uh, we're both going to be Tom. We're going, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be Tom. Uh, we do have some sad news uh, from the world of hockey. Uh, Stars TV announcer Dave Strader died Sunday at the age of 62 from cholangial carcinoma, uh, which is a form of bile duct cancer. Um, Screw you, cancer. Yes. He, uh, he was honored by the Hockey Hall of Fame as the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award winner for his contributions as a broadcaster just this last year. Yeah. Um, he had told uh, one of the uh, guys that works at uh, NHL.com that he was determined to make it to the awards ceremony in November. Yeah. So sad that he was not able to do that. Yes, unfortunately. Um, which that'll be on uh, November 13th. His plaque will be displayed in the Esso Great Hall uh, with past recipients. Um, he wasn't with the Stars very long, but he's been around hockey for right. 30 plus years. Yeah. You know, um, I loved when he came on board, and then you know the announcement was made shortly after uh, of the diagnosis. Uh, so we didn't get a lot of time with him. Uh, as uh, you know, the Stars fan base didn't get a lot yeah. of time with him. Um, um, but I'm grateful for the time we did get listening to him call games on TV. Yeah. Uh, very few uh, could do it at the level that Strader did. In other hockey and cancer news, um, Brian Boyle had been diagnosed with uh, chronic myeloid leukemia. Yeah, uh, says he wants to play through. He says he wants to play in the opener, yeah. which the Devils don't start the season until the 7th. Right. Um, there's still a very real possibility that he's able to do that. Um, but yeah, all the best to him and, and, uh, his treatment as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just two terrible, terrible pieces of news out of NHL. Um, 
always hate when we get to these points in the show. It's just so depressing. Yeah. Um, staying in the NHL, uh, we'll turn our attention to Yamir Yager, who still doesn't have a team. He was talking with three teams. Uh, Calgary, St. Louis, and an unnamed third team. Um, uh, he did actually, he was scheduled to play this past Saturday in uh, in the Czech Republic for the team that he owns there. Because when you're Yarmir Yager, you own a hockey team in the Czech Republic. Right. Um, he was scheduled to actually play in that game, but he canceled that appearance because of rising interest from NHL teams. Uh, uh, you think you'd want to play it and show him you still got what it takes. I know you don't want to risk the injury, but a lot th- of it is he's 45 years old and people are wondering what's left in the tank. I think there's plenty left in the tank. I, I do, mean. too, and I don't think it's fair that teams are questioning that, but they right. are. Um I I think he was probably closest to signing with the Blues, but then they re-signed uh, Upshaw. Yeah, uh, yeah. They do still have a few injuries that he yeah. could be a great replacement for, so it's not out of the question for him to still wind up with the Blues. Definitely, and uh, I like the Blues uh, as, a, as a Western Conference team. Um, and, well, part of that has to do with uh, Brodeur being there in some uh, general managerial position. And they've actually had a sort of a history of trading with the Devils, so yeah, they're sort of like Devils West. Um, I I personally would like uh, of the na- of the two named teams, I'd prefer him to go to Calgary, just because I had already kind of wanted to see Calgary this year. Yeah, uh, and if he goes there, then I'll definitely see him. Um, I do hope that the unnamed third team is Dallas. I'd love for him to come back to Dallas. Um, a player of that caliber, you always want him on your team, right? Um. I had actually thought that he would be a good addition to the Devils until I started watching the the preseason games and, and the training camp. They're fast and they're young. Yeah, and they're, that, that's what they have. They're too fast, and not that Yager isn't a quick guy, but he's definitely not as quick as these twenty two, twenty three, twenty four year olds that the Devils are putting yeah. on the ice. Um, and I think bringing him in would sort of undermine the whole thing. Yeah. Who do you think the third team is? I really have no idea. Yeah. I, Maybe Winnipeg. Yeah, I was thinking them or possibly Chicago, but hard telling. Um, I'd like to see him end up in Calgary, but and and the way the NF the NHL goes, uh, if that unnamed third team isn't the team that signs him, you'll never know who it was. Right. Um, so looking at looking at the upcoming schedule uh, on opening night, we have Toronto kicking off the season at Winnipeg. That's our first game of the year. Puck drops at seven. Uh, the first national game, uh, St. Louis at Pittsburgh at 8 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Yep. Uh, the Penguins will raise their banner from last year's championship. And then we got Calgary at Edmonton at 10 and Philadelphia at San Jose at 10.30 on NBC Sports following that Penguins-Blues game. So I'll be taking in Toronto and Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton. <laughs> Those are the two I'll be watching. I I, I want to watch the Penguins game. Um, and yeah, I do want to watch the Calgary Edmonton game too. So those will probably be the two I watch that night. Um, Thursday, you get a bunch more teams opening things up. Nashville at Boston, Montreal at Buffalo, Colorado at the Rangers, Washington at Ottawa, which should be a pretty good one. Um, Minnesota at Detroit, Detroit opening up Little Caesars Palace or whatever they're calling it now, Arena. <laughs> Little Caesars. Palace. I was combining I was combining the name that I knew it was with the Palace of Auburn Hills because the Pistons are playing there. And also, you know, Detroit people hate it, so I'm going with the Dojo. Yes, people. Yes, people have been calling <laughs> that's, it. That's that's the, the one I like. That's the one I like the best. Yeah. The logo still looks like a, a roll of toilet paper, it does. though. Um, that night, you also have the Penguins traveling to Chicago. Uh, that'll be a very, very interesting matchup. Um, 
you know, as I said, the Stanley Cup matchup. Yeah. Um, Arizona at Anaheim and Philadelphia at L.A. And then on Friday, the last the last of the NHL teams kicked the season off with the Islanders at the no, Blue Jack. No, the, the Devils don't kick off until Saturday. Holy smokes, they don't. Uh, Islanders at the Jackets, Panthers at Lightning, and Vegas kicks off their NHL existence uh, at Dallas. Uh, that's at 8.30 on the NHL Network. Dallas better watch themselves. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, David had said beforehand he thinks Vegas uh, will win about 27 games. I kind of agree with that. I think that's a pretty good number. Yeah, that seems uh, an easily achievable number. I actually... Uh, I have them finishing, in my opinion, better than Vancouver, Arizona, Colorado, Detroit, Buffalo, Florida, and uh, you know I I know I said in the Metro I think anyone can make the playoffs, but I do think they're going to be better than Carolina. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, like Tom said, the Devils do kick off with a two o'clock game against the Avs, uh, and I believe that should be everybody's uh, first games of the season. It better be. You can't be a week into the season and somebody hasn't played. You know. Right. Um, That's the weirdest scheduling thing. Uh, I, I don't get it's why because of the thirty-one teams. I know, but I don't get why they don't just have thirty teams play on day one, and then the the thirty-first team gets their first game the next day. It's all quite simple. Who knows? I know I don't. Um, so games to look forward to on uh, on the college football side of things. Um, no, we're coming back around. Yeah, we are. We're at the we're at the part of the show where we're uh, looking ahead. Um, we got uh, Michigan State at Michigan, uh, Wisconsin at Nebraska, uh, Louisville at NC State could be a tough test for the Cardinals. Um, Miami at Florida State, uh, hard to know what to make of that game. You know, Florida State missing their quarterback. Uh, Notre Dame, tough test at UNC. I know UNC's been down this year, but it's on the road. It's on the road, and uh, Notre Dame has a history of not showing up for games like this. Yes. Um, we got, See all the times that they've lost to Navy. Yeah. We've got West Virginia at TCU, uh, Kansas State at Texas, um, Oregon State at USC. Interesting to see how USC bounces back from that loss. Um, Stanford at Utah, uh, Cal at Washington, um, LSU at Florida. Uh, Florida's going to be tough, especially against an LSU team coming off that loss to Troy. Uh, Alabama at Texas A&M. And in Maction, uh, we have Eastern Michigan at UT. Uh, Central Michigan at Ohio, Bowling Green at Miami of Ohio, Ball State at Akron, Kent State at NIU, and Western Michigan at Buffalo. Uh, did you mention Maryland at Ohio State? I did not. Could be a tough one. Yes, Maryland at Ohio State. Maryland 3-1. and one. Um, Their only loss has come to UCF, who are ranked. So Yeah, number 25 now, so... Um, yeah, that could be could be a tough one for the Bucks. Um, and Maryland's been putting up points, a lot of points. Yeah, um, and in the uh, looking ahead in in the NFL, um, as we said Thursday night, we have New England at Tampa. Um, other games of note. I'd I'd say that's a bit of a trap game for New England, but yeah, it might end two. might end up being a trap game for Tampa. Um, we have the Panthers at the Lions. Um, 49ers at Colts, and the only reason I'm bringing this one up, they are honoring Peyton Manning at halftime, uh, retiring his number 18. So 18 to never be worn again by a Colts player. Um, I actually have tickets to that game. Um, oh, well, good for you. Yeah, good for me. Could be good for you, too, if you want to go. You said you already have tickets, though. I do. I have an extra one. You've got an extra ticket? Yes. Oh, well, um, we'll see. We have the Seahawks at the Rams. 
uh, I'm gonna go right ahead and and I'm gonna pick the Rams. Pick the Rams right off the bat. Right, right here today. Um, you heard it. So yeah, the 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 two those two later games because the other one Green Bay at Dallas. So you got those two games as four o'clock games and Kansas City at Houston. Those are so, three big games next week. So I'm gonna have to go to the bar for the late games. <laughs> I'm gonna have to stay out all day because we play the Jaguars at one. Well, the plan right now, if you want to go to that game with me, is to go and then hang out with Patrick and watch the late games afterwards. Um, and then get home at like 2 in the morning? Yeah, something like that. Um, and then uh, the Monday night matchup next week, Minnesota at Chicago. We have restarted bye weeks in the NFL after Tampa yes. and Miami had week one off uh, with Atlanta, Denver, New Orleans, and Washington all having this week off. Um, so not a lot of great NFL matchups, but I'm sure we're going to have a lot of great games. Yeah, um, um, things have gotten tighter in the past couple of weeks. Strange stat that I just found out uh, earlier this morning: the Jaguars are twelve and eleven against the Steelers all time. Oh yeah, they've always given you guys a tough time, and even in the eleven losses, they haven't really been too many blowouts. So you know, look for that to be a surprise good game. Yeah, that's that is one where you may see me pick Jacksonville by the end of this week. The line on on uh, on that is Pittsburgh by ten. Yeah, I may I may pick Jacksonville on that game. Uh, it's it's always been weird with those two teams. So oh, good lord, San Fran and Indianapolis is even. Yes, they're not even bothering. I literally only bought tickets to this because of the Peyton Manning jersey retirement. It's literally the only reason. Also, they were cheap. This, which is funny, because now if you look on SeatGeek and StubHub, these tickets are going for an insane amount of money for as bad as these two teams are because yeah. they're retiring Manning's number. So. Which they probably picked the 49ers game, so they got a win out of it. They might not. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I believe that is all the time we have. Uh, so goodbye to those of you out there in Facebook land. We didn't. Uh, we didn't cover anything in the NBA. Was there nothing of note? Uh, not really. And um, we're having the NBA preview show, ne- show next week anyway. All right. So works for me. Yeah. So again, goodbye to those of you in Facebook land. Uh, thanks for watching, and uh, to our listeners, you can shut it off, Eric. That's fine. And. T- <laughs> to our listeners out there thanks for tuning in again uh we will talk sports at you next week